I can't make this interesting. God, I think I <laughs> this is going to blow tonight. I'm already ready to be like, wow, we talked about speed two. <laughs> That's what I'm, I've never seen it, but I'm ready to talk about it. You uh, are because I also have never seen it and I don't even know how I would talk about it. Except to tell you that I have no interest in seeing Speed 2. Oh, man. I wish we had saved that. But It'll no, that's, come up again. I hope so. Yeah. I am a little anxious because I'm just like, yeah, I, don't, I, haven't, uh, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't talked to someone who's not in the room with headphones on in a very long time. Hey, everyone ever, and welcome back to 20th Century Pop. A show I just messed up the opening to. God, no. it's been a while. I was really thinking, you know, is he going to pull this off? Is he going to remember how to just rep, you know, just rip through the opening like he usually does, and then have me screw it up? But no, you, you had a little. You're welcome. Yeah. What? Well, want to try again? No. Okay. I, I thought going going into it, I was going to acknowledge because it's been two months. Two so I thought very just long. jump in and acknowledge very that. 20th Century Pop, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. Yeah, that. But I thought, you know, throw a little something. You know, like when we've done before, it's like, it's this episode, and then right. go into it. And I thought that would happen. Instead, this same old bullshit happened of messing up the beginning. I'm Tim Blevins. I'm by Bob the way. Canning, also, by the way. And, it's, and we do a podcast, or we used to. It's been like two months. Uh, to feels longer. The, uh, well, it, <laughs> I mean, we've been talking for an hour before this, so that probably added uh, to the time. It does it feel longer? It feels, yeah. The last episode to go up was a bloopers episode, wow. and prior to that, Hootie, Hootie in the Blowfish. So wait, are you saying two months since our last published episode? That's why it feels longer to me because yes. it's been so longer right. since you we've know. actually recorded. recorded. Yeah. So, but but we're back, and a lot of, a lot went into that. Originally, we we're supposed to be well into our hundred and something episode, but instead, we're on episode ninety nine. Yeah. I apologize. Not that anyone needs to hear this. I'll just say there's been some moving. There's been some change of location, and tonight for me is is the first night of, of recording in my new new home here in Salem, uh, Massachusetts. I'm happy to be here. That really doesn't change anything. But uh, yeah, it's been hectic. So to, to, to both of you listening, thank you very much for coming back. Sorry about the delay. But uh, yeah, Bob and I are, are, are talking again in a stream, an internet stream. I'm in the same old location. So I've just been waiting for you to get settled. Well, and I'm sorry that's taken 51 minutes of us talking for that to happen. But yes, uh, but yes. So welcome, welcome to the 99th episode. Big, big episode next week, or in two weeks, whenever it goes up, hundredth episode. This week, a uh, smaller episode. You know, a little rinky dink way to get back, but yeah, back loosen into our the limbs, show. so to speak. Loose limbs. It's a it's a sports term. You know, you you kind of warm up. You loosen your yeah, limbs the, up. You stretch. It's a term. Loosen the limbs is a term. Yeah. Well, a phrase. A saying. It's like a saying. Yeah. An analogy. Touchdown. <laughs> Boy, this is not. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're, yes. Yeah, so we're back. <clears throat> we're coming up on the summer. And, and so uh, what I thought... First of all, nice, nice to talk to. You, first of all, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Third of all, nice to talk to you, Bob. Good, Actually, good talking nice, to you unquote. too, Tim. Yeah, so many people are agreeing with us right now. Yes, it is good that they're talking to each other on the podcast I'm trying to listen to. Please keep talking to each other about things. No, um, 
But yeah, again, uh, the podcast about the 80s and 90s, basically. And today, what are we, what, as we're back now, heading into the summer. Yeah. Coming up on, uh, the, the summer probably has already begun by the time this airs. Mm-hmm. Um, as we warm up our skills. Oh my God. Yeah. What are we talking about today? We're talking about summer movies. And we're talking about summer movies from the year 1997. Yes, big year, I think. 20, was that? 22 years ago. Yeah. Uh, 1997 has some weight for both of us. That's the year we both graduated uh, from Emerson College. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I think we graduated after some of these films came out. Sorry about that snot just then, by the way. I apparently have allergies that I love sharing. Well, it's the new home. It's it is the, a new home. It's, you're just, you're, your body needs to get used to the, the walls and the dust and the air in that new house, new home. Or lack of all three of those. Yes. Okay. I, I, but yes, you're right. Um, but yes, 1997. That's what we'll talk about. That's what we'll probably edit out. Um, where were you in life? Like, you know, I'm talking about graduation. Where yeah. were you? Like, physically, oh, where were you in 1997? It was, it was a big transition year for me. Um, last semester of college. And I wasn't in, you know, Emerson, as many of you might know, is in Boston. But that last semester of college in 1997, I was in Los Angeles. <clears throat> Where a, many of these films were made. That's true. Uh, so we had a program out there uh, through the school, and I lived out there for the last half of my senior year. Um, came back to Boston to graduate, went home for, I'm not even sure how long, three weeks, two weeks, home being upstate New York. And then I moved back to L.A. Uh, for the remainder of 1997. So you were on the West Coast and you were out there, what, pursuing a career? What? Why did you leave the safety of New England to go to the West Coast? I felt like being in the West Coast is where I was supposed to be to become the thing that I thought I was going to be at that time, which was some form of comedic entertainer, whether I was an actor uh, or a writer, performer, whatever, stand up. I don't know. I wanted to try it all. Um, is that what you I, went to school for? Something I in went there? to college. Is that what brought you from New York to Boston and then ultimately yeah. California? <clears throat> I, I chose Emerson for a couple of reasons. One, they accepted me, so that mm-hmm. helped. Sounds like they chose you, but okay. <laughs> and uh, um, <clears throat> Stephen Wright went to Emerson College. Dennis Leary went to Emerson College. Uh, Anthony Clark, uh, Jay Leno. So there was like this comedic history that spoke to me. Right, uh, that's a list of comedians and Anthony Clark that you just said. <laughs> yeah. So that spoke to me, um, and I went there, and I immediately wanted to become part of the the comedy troops that were at Emerson. I wanted to try all the clubs and and at school and just be a performer and go to drama classes and and do all that and go to go to writing courses and take comedy writing and all this kind of stuff. It sounds like you went to college to pursue these things. Yeah. When college was done, and I guess you had been there a little bit, I'm just wondering why why Los Angeles and what was the expectation of – and this may or may not tie into what we're talking about in terms of movies, but I, I think it does because, you know, creative capital, whatever you want to call California. Sure. I had no impulse, no drive, no desire to leave Boston yeah. after graduation. We had different pursuits. Yours was performance. Mine was writing. Am I correct on saying that? Yours was a, a kind of across the board. Yeah. You know, regular just, Yahoo serious. Yeah, right? To- totally. Uh, no, yeah, I, th- I thought I could do it. All. I thought I could do both. I was more into performing, I think. And um, I think the reason 
I don't, I don't really. I I know that I chose to go to Los Angeles, uh, the back half of my senior year because you could have done it the first half. You could have done it other semesters. I well, did that's the, for classes. That yeah, I, but I, I, I chose that. to do it at that point because I figured I'd kind of get used to it through classes and being there for college. And so your then goal was to get out there. Out there, okay. yeah. And so I think also it helped that the people I was with, uh, folks that you know. Brent, Adam, Jonah, and others. Um, Names of people who probably aren't listening, but that's pr- fine to say. Probably them. not. Uh, but they were they were going to be moving out there at the same time. And so it was an easy transition to go from college with my friends to living in Los Angeles with my friends. Um, and many of us were pursuing sort of the same things, Brent uh, especially, and a few others that moved out a little later uh, we all formed a comedy troupe out there, and so that just seemed like the natural progression. It's like just kind of taking the next step, and Los Angeles seemed to be the place to do that. So, and so you were doing a comedy troupe, and you went with friends. So you found what you were looking for when you went out there. Like that was um, what you're looking for, I guess. I found what what would have become. Yes, I. It was the start of what I was looking for. I didn't survive it. I didn't end 1997 in Los Angeles. I didn't find the right job. I ran out of money. Um, And so the whole thing fell apart. So there's some tragedy to that. Ah, I suppose you could call it tragedy. Well, you're back out there now. I I guess I'm trying to figure out the mindset. So coming out of college, both of us now, at least I can only speak for myself. I don't mean to speak for you, but feeling like I'm an adult and I'm going into the world now. Your option was to go to California to pursue friends and a career, it sounds like. Uh, Am I, I'm, I'm simplifying. I apologize. It's very I simplified, it. but yeah, basically that was my well, choice. Well, then fix it then. What, 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 well, what? I mean, I didn't – I was like too young and stupid to be thinking career. I just thought everything would keep falling into place. You're not young and stupid when you are 22. You're talking about that in retrospect. At 22 – okay, and you just said you everything would fall into place. And yeah. You, but did you know what that was? No. Okay. I thought it would be the comedy troupe. I thought we'd per- be performing. I thought we'd be found. I thought we'd be discovered. You know, that whole mm-hmm. starry-eyed dream. Was that the measurement you used then by the end of the year to decide I got to go back? No. Uh, that was just the, the bank account. That was purely financial. Purely financial. I wasn't. You came back and we got to be roommates for three years because you're bad with money. Because I, I, I went out there without a car. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get a decent job to get a car because I didn't have a car. Um, and so, yeah, it just became a money thing. I imagine if I had the car and could have gotten a better job, I would have stayed. Yeah. So you did want to be there, I guess. I, this is yeah. what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find. I, I did. I, I'm, I, and I came back. So, yeah. And you are. You're there now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and loving it from nothing you've ever said. That makes <laughs> me think that. I Because um, I didn't I didn't, and still don't, but did not want to go to California. I, I graduated college this summer. We're about to talk about and all of that. And, and I stepped out of the school thinking this is now who I am, which meant I was subletting an apartment in Alston. It meant I had a lot of good friends surrounding me. It meant I was working in a coffee shop, which was called Starbucks on Newberry Street. And it meant that I was like smoking my effing brains out, just wandering the streets with headphones, going to comic book stores. I I, I was basically doing what I did and perfected in college. I don't know if that's too different than what I was doing, except 
I wasn't putting the things in the drawer. Um, you know, <laughs> you like, didn't have a desk. No, I didn't have the desk. But it, but also, I didn't end up doing anything with those things as much as I talk about you know uh, founding a comedy troupe with people. I never performed with them. Uh, I never. That's true. Huh? I never. You... I never wrote anything that they performed. Um, it just. I had the beginnings of so many little things. I was writing screenplays with other friends. I tossed around this road trip idea with another friend. Um, you know, just all these little starts of ideas that went nowhere. But they got you. I, it's weird. I would say they got you out there. I guess you went out there and did them. You were pursuing starting artistic things. Yeah. Like you knew how to do that. I, well, clearly I didn't. I mean, I guess okay. I knew I knew how to uh, associate myself with people that were also doing it. All right, that's that's a that's a better point. Yeah. Okay, how does this have to do with movies in 1997, Tim? Is that is that what we should focus on? <laughs> I'm just curious how we're going to. No, segue. That's, that's a good point. I just it, it was it was it was a tangent. It was a discussion. It was opening no, I, ourselves. I know, up, I know, but, and that's uh, what we do. That's why I like talking to you on this podcast, Tim, because. We end up going on these little tangents that usually make me feel pretty depressed, but also good about feeling depressed, I guess. I don't know. Well, if you want to get out of the heat of feeling <laughs> depressed, what better place to go than the local <laughs> Cineplex in 1997? Air-conditioned, popcorn popping, and awesome powers, international man of mystery on the big screen. That's right. We're talking today about not ourselves. We'll get back to that someday. I don't know. No, we can but get we're back talking to about, I don't want to derail where our conversation was going. I was. I think we derailed the show by going oh, there. Did I, we? I appreciate it. I like it. I didn't want to just force your experience into a segue. That's why I think when you stopped it maybe that's good but i where we were in 1997 does play into something i don't know if it yeah. plays into the movies that we saw no I but think- it definitely plays into our perceptions of it and we were at two different places i yeah. guess and I, I don't mean to be harping on or, or or overly examining for free by the way i don't know what hmo you have but for free analyzing your experience for you with my you know two dollar analysis but i saw a shit ton of movies this summer and loved it this might be the summer I the, the most movies I've ever seen. You know, varied movies, not wow. just going back to see the same movie over and over again. Interesting, because when I looked at the list of movies to remind myself what came out this this summer, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking, wow, I didn't really see too many of these. <clears throat> oh. I didn't see a lot of movies. And, and it could be because of how I was transitioning from one place to another back and forth, and I just couldn't settle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of things here that I, I clearly did see. Uh, in the theater, and I remember fully seeing them. But yeah, most of the yeah, I didn't see a lot of movies that summer. Well, let's 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 jump into this because to me, when I was what what's the first one that's on your list? Where well, does your summer start? Well, that's the thing. I I was curious where your summers start. I generally start. Okay. I think summer starts the end of May. Oh, okay. But I think you were kind of calling off some titles from the beginning of May. Do you st- like is May your summer movie month? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, I think as a kid in school, in high school, Memorial Day was the start of the summer year. But I feel like for what these movies were and for when I saw them, and because it was wrapped up in College is Almost Done, I look to May 2nd as kind of the start of the summer this year, because that is when Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery with Mike Myers came out. And that comedy, for some reason... Because it was the end of our school year, I didn't see it the week it came out, but I saw it in a week or two after. There was something about going to see that. The feeling of the summer was there. The feeling of school's almost out. More so, school's almost over because we were going to graduate was there. And here was this Mike Myers comedy 
<clears throat> that <clears throat> in a way kind of felt like what a nice bookend, you know, this was like his comeback. Cause like, I don't know about you. I, I adored Mike Myers in high school. I adored him with Wayne's world. And when we started college, I think there was this one, two punch of so I married an ex murderer and Wayne's world too, that both kind of came out as we were heading to college. And after that, Mike Myers kind of faded, you know, I feel like he wasn't around. I don't know if he was still on Saturday Night Live. I wasn't seeing things. And when this movie came out, when Austin Powers came out, um, it was funny, you know, but I went to it without any expectations. And I feel like this is the movie that kind of all of a sudden he was huge again. Right. You know, he was kind of this big comedian. People loved his characters. Everybody was quoting him. Maybe this is more when it came out on VHS. I'm not sure, but I know it became big on video, but I remember going to the theater with friends to see this movie and just really laughing at it and feeling like, oh, he's back. So it was kind of like a nice circular feeling. Did you see this in the theater? Did you I, go see Austin Powers? I did. I did. In fact, this was when I saw, I was still in LA. So I saw this in LA and uh, um, yeah, it was awesome. I saw it with a good group of friends. So uh, we all had a real good time. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a big laugh, and it was one of those things. I always get this feeling when I when I leave a a movie that I really enjoy, and this was one of them. I I get inspired to kind of do my own thing. I wanted you know, so this was like a cool, good timing for me because again, I was wanting to you know, they're still in school. So I was, I knew I was going to be moving back to LA after graduation and I wanted to be funny and I wanted to, you know, be as, as funny as Mike Myers, who I also very much, uh, was a big fan of. So this movie impacted you yeah. seeing this in the theater impacted. Oh you. yeah. Why didn't you think of it as a summer movie just because of its placement in May? Yeah. It's placement in May. Um, I, I picture summer as after graduation and so that's why I was trying to – we were talking earlier before we started uh, recording about what, what day we actually graduated because I was trying to place myself after that date. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, if this is summer, this is summer. And, I, yeah, I love this movie. Sure. And if not this date, what would you – I would almost feel like, well, then May 9th. May 9th was okay. the start of the summer for you. Because no. that's the day – no, because that, that was the day The Fifth Element came out. What, 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 so you think that – because that movie came out, that's when summer started. Well, I think Fifth Element, and here's the thing: I, the Fifth Element, the the the, the um, uh, Luc Besson movie, the Fifth Element. Yeah. you know, it's kind of become something else over time. It's kind of like it's the Blade Runner of our era. You know? Okay, like I think in a way, it's very under the radar, kind of cult movie, like Buckaroo Bonsai or something. Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't look like anything else of its time. It doesn't feel like anything else of its time. But I, and this is all in retrospect because the difference with that versus Blade Runner or Buckaroo Banzai, and the, and the reason I think, well, no, this was a summer movie, is that I was aware of this movie when it came out. I was aware of this movie leading up to it. And I feel like it's the first movie that I really experienced where it came out, I watched it flop because this movie did flop, mm. and then witnessed it becoming this strange cult thing of cinema like people adore this movie people i love it. it i love the fifth album. and you love it yeah i had it spoiled for me i hadn't seen it when it came out i came back into boston for graduation i can't remember exactly the date that i came in but it had been out mm -hmm. and i was staying with people in in the dorms and somebody had was kind of disparagingly talking about how it 
didn't live up to the hype, I guess, or the excitement that they had. So there had was had. hype for it, though. There well, was a lot. I think so. Though. I think there was. And this person in particular had it. Um, and he complained about what the fifth element turned out to be. So that that was given away for me uh, before I saw it. Was this person me? No, no, it wasn't you. Oh, okay. It wasn't you. Um, so I still went to see it, even having that knowledge. And maybe having that knowledge helped me. Because I wasn't building it up anymore, and I just was blown away by the visuals, by the action, by the comedy, which I don't think people were expecting comedy. That's something that I remember seeing. I'm not sure out. everybody received it, but okay. Do you not see the comedy in The Fifth Element? I see it. I don't know if it works. Ian Holm doesn't I, work in this movie I think it, I think it works for what kind of comedy it's trying to be it's a i think what you said about not expecting it kind of helps that's and that's yeah. why i feel like this like i i think so if you turn off if you turn off the sound and kind of ignore the plot <laughs> there is nothing like this movie there still isn't anything like this movie out there i saw it twice in the theater i think i liked it a lot yeah. but but it doesn't resonate with me the way it resonates to other people but i do feel like when I look at the fifth element, I'm like, okay, this is what it was like to know Blade Runner was coming out or mm. Buckaroo Banzai was coming out. It was the anticipation beforehand because it was Bruce Willis. It was a huge looking spectacle. It was using CGI, computer generated imagery in a way that hadn't been used before. This was supposed to be a big movie. That's why I look at it as a summer movie. Mm. I don't think this movie could be anything else prior to it coming out. And again, maybe it was ahead of its time. Maybe it was out of its time. But yeah, this movie... I'm happy to have lived through how this movie came out because I feel like it was poised to be a big, typical Hollywood blockbuster and it's become something else. Again, I don't mean to keep saying it, but like Blade Runner, where it's like Blade Runner was released and promoted as this is the Harrison Ford movie and it didn't, did not do well in the theater, but it's, it's a phenomenal classic now. And, and the fifth element might be there too. I do think it was a summer movie and I think it was a summer movie that I felt flopped when it came out. It kind of came and went, Yeah. but it's, I guess when I think summer movies, I think about the big promotional push. I think about the time of year and I think about the genre and science fiction was something, you know, that I, I still feel is, is was a big summer yeah. thing, summer Absolutely. movies. Well, and that's why as I was looking at the movies that came out, I saw summer, of 97 starting on the 23rd of may with the lost world jurassic park which is probably the biggest movie of the summer i guess right i would imagine it was were you excited for the lost world jurassic park to come out like did you see it opening weekend i don't remember if i saw it opening weekend i probably did i know i saw it in the theater and i feel like i was excited um but i don't know it it's it doesn't stick with me. I've only seen it the one time. I've only seen it once as well. Yeah. All I remember, yeah. I believe this is the one with the the neat glass breaking scene uh in the like the Winnebago science truck that Julianne Moore is like on the glass and it just slowly starts breaking and if it breaks she's going to fall to her death. I have no this idea because this this movie did not stay with me, and it's weird that it didn't. Like I didn't even I did not even like it when it came out. Yeah. Like normally I I, I see a movie and I like it at first, but I was just I was bored by it, and I'm and to this day I'm confused by it. I'm confused by all but the first Jurassic Park movies because it's like I'm confused by my reaction to them because you know it's dinosaurs which I love, it's Steven Spielberg which I love, it's Jeff Goldblum who I used to love, you know. But you don't love him again. That, 
You're not back to loving Jeff Goldblum? I liked him in Ragnarok, but 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 you know, I'm just saying, like, uh, yeah, okay, sure. I so I should be back into these movies, and I'm not. I haven't seen the Jurassic Worlds. They've just I've yeah, always felt hollow to me. Yeah, and I don't hear people talk about this one. The first one people still see. The third one I hear people talk about. I don't hear people talking about what I think might have been one of the biggest movies of the summer, The Lost World, Jurassic Park. It's a misfire. It's a misstep. But I see what you're saying. This is the start of the summer to you. And I get that. I understand that. That, that, that makes sense because this is what a summer blockbuster used to be and when it would have been released. Exactly. Memorial Day weekend. And it's a Spielberg movie. And it's not very good. No. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I don't even know if it's exciting. It, it's interesting because of who's in it. Vince Vaughn was from Swingers but at see, that point. I even, even at that time, I, and I'm not this film aficionado that, that that thinks of these things that Let's easily. Let's not discredit the podcast. Bob knows <laughs> but, a lot about movies. But there is, even at this time, the the actors that were cast in it, I felt like were all just, hey, they're kind of popular now. Let's put them in there. The, he's was just recently in something good. Let's put them in there. Uh, but I don't think he was. We knew him because we were in college and you saw Swingers. So you like, what else was he in at that point? Nothing Clay else. Pigeons? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't think he... I think it was a risk to put him in there. That's why I think it's weird. I think it's the biggest movie he's ever been in, too. Uh, oh, Unless no. one counts Clay yeah, Pigeons. Yeah, I no. think, I think uh, Wedding Crashes is probably his biggest. Bigger than The Lost World, Jurassic Park? I th- maybe, with inflation. <laughs> I don't know. Um... <laughs> So with inflation, yes, clay pigeons. Yeah. But without inflation, but but I don't know. I just I felt like that choice. Julian Moore, who um, I don't think Boogie Nights was out yet, so I didn't know who she was yet. She's in this one. Yeah. This is the one she's in. Okay. Yeah. Um, who else? Is, uh, is, possibly. Is, so, is and, he in and that Babe Pig in the City? Yeah. Uh, no. Maybe. No. Maybe. Um, and then that other guy from uh, Fargo, the the killer from Fargo, was in it. William um, H Macy? No, no, no. the The one that was like had a foreign accent in Fargo, that that chops the guy up and uh, uh, Steve, Bu- Steve Buscemi's once. buddy. Oh, okay, I don't know, but okay, okay. so they're in this movie. Yeah, and, but I again, just, like I, I saw him in this movie, and I'm, and I think this guy's in this movie because he was in Fargo last year. Like it, it just it was weird. Like the, like we're saying, the casting of it was just weird to me. Now, is that the kind of observation you would have made two years prior? 1995 probably like, would not, you no. so there is something to this summer unless it's the one prior where we have a bit of an education we're a little savvy yeah. about movie going yeah like to me 96 is a summer where i realized oh movies can be bad because i remember going to and we'll talk about it someday on the show but i remember going to independence day being all psyched to see the movie independence day and then hating independence day banging my wall my head physically against the wall during independence day and for the first time in my life i think despising other people for liking it in the theater wow yeah I like as it was movie. all happening as it was happening wow. as i flashed back to the people who talked about it before i went in there i just because i didn't see it opening day i saw it the following week like so that was when i started learning wait movies aren't always great and this summer i think 1997 as we go down this list i saw a lot of films and i think a lot of films didn't hit me with just the loose kind of it's exciting you're in out of the heat enjoy this dumb action adventure movie i think something was happening to kind of put me off of that well, there's an, a dumb action adventure movie coming up. 
Are you talking about gone fishing on May 30th? No. Um, you know that somebody died? A stunt woman died during the making of Gone Fishing? No way. A boat landed on her. Oh, Jesus. I never saw it, but when I was looking these up on Wikipedia, that's the trivia. I can only... I've never seen it either, but I can only imagine that that it's this comedic bit where Joe Pesci loses control of the speedboat and Danny Glover's trying to get the control back and they're and they, they crush a stunt they, woman. And that is exactly the stunt woman. That's exactly what I'm picturing. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, it, that I mean, honestly, that and I didn't see the movie, but even that, I remember seeing the poster and thinking, "Oh, actors are fallible. Oh, crap exists." That go. was this might have been the educational curve of that because what's the movie you're talking about? What's the big dumb action movie you're about? To I, to? I was gonna say Con Air. Yes, June 6th, Con Air. Yeah. Not directed by Michael Bay like I always attributed it to. I thought so as well. Uh, Simon West, who I, I know has directed other things, but I, I don't know. Yeah. But what, what are your thoughts on Con Air? People love Con Air, this, the uh, prison flight movie, I, basically. I have in the past, and I haven't seen it recently, but I enjoyed the dumb action of Con Air. And this probably is because of how I saw it. Did we see this one together? No, because I saw this one in Los Angeles. Okay. I this I must have gone back after graduation, um, and I'm pretty sure we saw it opening night, and we saw it at the Cinerama Dome, which is a fabled uh, movie theater here. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie at the Cinerama Dome while you were out here. Um, unless it's where I saw Rockstar, which was the movie I saw when I was in I, California. I don't know if you would have in seen 2001. it there. They, I don't think Rockstar would have been at the Cinerama Dome. Okay. But I saw Con Air at the Cinerama Dome with a bunch of other people that were there for a dumb action movie. Were and they there for a dumb action movie or were they be there for an action movie? Well, those are two different that's things. That's a good point. They were probably there for an action movie. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm asking like, because was this considered dumb at the time? Because this was like I don't know if it peak will... Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I don't know if it was at the time. You're absolutely right. Um, but the crowd was just very into it. Um, I didn't know LA crowds were like this, but this is where I would experience people shouting things. At the screen. Usually, what's good about LA audiences, or at least the ones that I saw during, you know, 97 uh, and then early uh, 2000s when I first moved out here, uh, people would shout stuff out at, at good, appropriate times. Never during the the main part of the movie, but you'll get some stuff at the opening credits. You'll definitely get stuff during the, 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 uh, the trailers ahead of the movie. But everybody pretty much shut up and watched the movie uh, with some cheers and clapping and whatnot. Um, I don't mind that. Clapping is kind of neat. Yeah. I like that experience. And so this was one of those experiences where everyone was just amped up for the action. And I can't remember everything that happened, but there was a lot of shouting during the trailers. And I remember something about when Ving Rhames showed up or his name came up on screen. On screen, There was, there was a big Ving Rhames fan contingent. Uh, that that said something. And it was just a lot of laughs and fun. And it was just Cinerama Dome. The, the screen is huge and curved, and it was just a lot of fun. And so I've seen Con Air multiple times since. I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it in 10 years, maybe. Um, so I'm not sure what I would think of it now. Uh, but I certainly enjoyed watching Con Air in the theater. Because I saw it in the theater, too. And, and I get what you're saying. This is a big audience thrill ride. I just... 
it's the kind of thrill ride I don't like. Like, this is everything I don't like in movies. It was similar to Armageddon, which actually comes out the next year. Yeah. And a little bit like The Rock. We should tell our Armageddon story uh, next summer when we do the uh, 98 <laughs> movies. Yes, or on our special triple link 101st <laughs> episode of Armageddon and our story. But no, this movie, I, this is like a brash bro guy, pro-military, gun-wielding, yeah. like a uh, misogynistic film. Right. You know, of supermen, you know, super cool dudes, you know, super actors evil. who are- They were all evil, too. Well, yes, them, they are. The majority. And they're all just actors saying lines. No one's imbuing <laughs> any with characters. And I feel like people love that. And there is an audience and a place and time for this kind of movie. Maybe it still happens. Like, maybe I don't watch the Fast and the Furious movies. Maybe this is what they're like. But I just, I'm not that person now. And I wasn't that person then. And I think just I think just a year prior I saw The Rock and I think I enjoyed The Rock and I don't mean to just lump movies together but there was something very familiar feeling about both of these movies. Sure, Nicholas. I did not like the. Ex- they both orange. had Nicholas Cage. Orange. I, yeah, I just think of the color orange with both of those. Those are movies. two things: Citrus and the Star <laughs> of the Wicker Man. But I just um, I did not enjoy my experience in this theater. When I saw this, yeah. I remember that. I didn't like that people were cheering. I didn't care for the story. Did you go alone? Was this one of your just going to the movies? No, I went, I went with some friends for some reason. That's the thing. Like I went with friends who I'm like, they wanted to see this. I guess I wanted to see it too because I thought I liked action movies. And I do like action movies. And I'm sure that this movie's well made, you know, but I mean, the first speed was well made and that's not my thing either. I didn't care for the first speed. I didn't care for this. But, but this one I really felt by the way, that was my Twiki impression from Buck Rogers there a moment ago. Okay. Right a bit. Um, no, this this movie, I've never gone back to it. I guess I've seen clips of, of it on TV. Yeah. And I and I made the mistake of thinking it was Michael Bay directed. I just, I don't, I don't like the experience of this kind of movie. Sure. Maybe, it's, I don't know if it's more I don't like the movie or I don't like the experience of it. But I did not like being in an audience of people. And maybe this is prudish. I don't know. Just because it's imaginary. It's a film. But yelling and screaming and cheering for all the horrible things these horrible people say yeah this is like your your um, theatrical version of of sports fans maybe maybe but then and and while i want to agree with that that's not fair of me because again it's a well-made movie it's exciting right is john cusack in this one yeah john cusack's in this one um, Is billy bob thornton in this one uh no i don't think he's in this one no. that's armageddon yeah that's armageddon okay. it says steve buscemi john malkovich cole meany is the uh the john cusack really yeah cole meany and john cusack are the the detectives or the fbi or oh, whoever. brian from star trek is in this yeah is he in babe 2 pig in the city <laughs> i don't know i haven't seen okay. that one It'd be funny if he ran like a like a bacon cart or something in that movie and there's a scene That'd be great. But um, no, this was a big cast. And this, again, this, yeah. I feel like this was a period of time. This was like respectable indie actors. Um, you know, you're, we were saying this with Jurassic Park and you were saying they were big names. I feel like this is kind of thing like this is a cast of indie film actors or at the time indie film actors. Right. Yeah, that's true. Getting their big screen action movie. John Malkovich, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rhames, all the people you just mentioned. Even John Cusack, I think he was like this indie star. So this... This is a trend, right? This is, I mean, you can see this in superhero movies now, but I don't think it was happening before. I think there was a period of not this many respectable actors rallying to be in an awful action film. Yeah. 
do you think you'll ever go back to see it? Like, are you interested in seeing it again? I am not. No, Con Air is not something I need to seek out and watch. If no. it happened to be on, I might. But I don't watch television or movies that way anymore anyway. I'm, I'm streaming, so I'm, I'm choosing what I want to see, and I wouldn't choose to see Con Air. Until you tell me we have to do it for an episode of the podcast. I don't know if I could. I mean, it might be interesting. Con Air, the rock double feature. Ah, (laughs) which one is the worst Michael Bay movie? Well, the one he directed, probably. Um, To stand this theme of, of, of action movies, the following week from Con Air, June 13th, a pretty big sequel came out. Yeah. Um, Did you, uh, Speed 2, Cruise Cruise Control. Control. Cruise Control is the name of Speed 2. Did you like the first Speed? Were you a fan? I was a big fan of the first Speed, yes. How does that work? Because I How do you become a fan of the, of the movie well, Speed? Why, people loved it. That movie was huge, and I don't get why. I did not. It's fine. It's, it's one of those, you know, um, action movies that is, is intense. Uh, it's over the top. It doesn't make any sense, but it also has you, you know, Right along there, watching that speedometer and making sure they don't drop below fifty, you're 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 just involved and in, and uh, it had uh, the the concept, you know, the whole Die Hard on a bus thing happening. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I I was there. I enjoyed Speed a lot. Have you ever seen Speed Two? I have never once seen any portion of Speed Two Cruise Control. Speed Two Cruise Control. I had no interest. The moment you tell me that it is a sequel to the movie Speed, where the title is Speed, and you're going to now be on uh, a cruise ship, mm-hmm. which is in a vast ocean, I'm just not interested. Like If, if Keanu Reeves had returned, would you have been that, interested? Nope, nope. Just the whole concept of the movie uh, is what pushed me away. Huh. But for some, prior to seeing the first speed, did someone saying it's a movie on a bus was exciting? If they had added that it can't drop below 50, absolutely. Well, what's the thing with the boat in this? What's the issue with the boat? It can't drop below It's on cruise 50 control. nautical miles? I don't know yet. I don't know. Can't go four knots. I don't know. I can't go down knots. I honestly do not know. Okay. I, yeah, I, I have just, vague uh, recollections of them trying to turn the boat before it runs into a dock and it does run into the dock. I don't know. That's from the trailer. I, I kind of remember this being the first bomb of the summer. Oh, sure. I, mean, I guess Fifth Element did, but this was the one where everyone, because it was also Sandra Bullock was a rising star. She was in it. And I don't know. I wonder, it's 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 weird. To, it's not weird to me, but it, it, it's, it's a mistake, I think, to make a sequel to a film where you're eliminating a key element, which was Keanu Reeves. Sure. And that's not putting Sandra Bullock down, but their romance, I guess, if, if that's what it was. Like, do you think this movie would have done better if it had been called something else? Would it have lowered, you know, would lower expectations if it wasn't a speed movie, but if it was just called Cruise Control? Yeah, I think it would have done, I think it would have done better just relative to the speed franchise, for sure. Um, whether it would have done any better financially i don't know but it would be seen as having done better because i didn't see it i've never seen it but i do remember thinking you can't just make sequels to anything <laughs> it was probably the first time i thought that yeah and i saw a problem child too <laughs> but this was a sequel that did not work no what's the next movie on your list i'm wondering if it's what i've got here uh, i'm gonna guess it's batman and robin right speaking the following of sequels week, june 20th 
That was a big one. Yeah. I mean, this is the one that maybe 1997 is remembered. Well, Titanic, but this film, I, it didn't do well <laughs> in the theaters. It didn't do as well as its predecessors anyways. Yeah. Um, it's the movie that a lot of people say kind of killed superhero movies for a bit. Sure. Which I don't know. Sure. I don't agree with that just because, I mean, how many superhero movies were there? You know, I think it killed the Batman franchise. But I don't know. This yeah. did you like Batman and Robin? Do you uh, like Batman and Robin? No. Have you I, seen Batman and Robin? I did. I saw it in the theater when it came out that one time and have very little recollection of it beyond that. Um Really? Yeah. You've never gone back to it? I've never gone back to the Batman and Robin or the uh what was the Val Kilmer one? Batman Forever. Yeah. Which did very well. People like that one. Were you excited for Batman and Robin before it came out? Like, were you following uh, the Batman No, movies? I don't think I really was. Oh, really? Yeah. Batman Forever came out before this one, right? Yes, two years before yeah. this one. Um, I wasn't blown away by that one either. I didn't care for that one. And uh, yeah, I just sort of lost it. Didn't... Because Batman, the first one, uh, I think we've talked about before, that was like the first movie I went to at a midnight screening and had a, a Batman t-shirt and was lined up with a whole bunch of other people, you know, in Batman paraphernalia. Um, so I was very excited about it. Maybe it's the the casting change that occurred um, and the stylistic change that occurred. But yeah, I didn't um, didn't follow him. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the 90s Batman movies. And Batman and Robin, it's... I find it to be a fascinating film, okay. to be honest. I, I did an episode on it on the podcast a couple of years back. I'll link that in the show notes talking about it. I mean, this this movie was an experience for me seeing in the theater. I saw it opening night. I remember I actually got my shift off from work so I could see it opening night. I saw it, you know, an early showing in the early evening. It was a packed theater. And... I saw basically an entire audience, an entire packed house audience, silently and politely grasp how bad this movie was. <laughs> like, there wasn't any shouting at the screen. There wasn't any eye rolling. The theater was silent. The reaction was silent. And this is a loud movie. And when there's no audience reaction, it's just a collective sigh of a movie. Wow. And so at that time, sitting there, this was a bad movie. Like, this was a bad Batman movie. But, I, you know, and I, I don't know if the passage of time can really change things. Um, if something can evolve into art, you know, after it's been made. But I, I feel like 20, was it, 21 years after this movie has come out, I like this movie. Yeah. And I know it's a bad Batman movie. It is. But this is, is what a comic book looked like, at least to a kid who read them in the 80s. You know, this was loud. This was brash. This was over the top with colorful, colorful uh, costumes. I mean, this is a kid's comic book from the 80s come to life. Are you saying, though, that, that it shouldn't have been Batman? Like, if this movie had been made with the same uh, art direction, um, but it was a different character... It, it might be seen as a better movie. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, this would be a great tick movie. 
I've, I've hmm. said before, okay. if you replace it with tick. But, the, you know, and at the time I would have said that, but I don't know. Part of me likes what happened with Batman because, honestly, the audience that this movie was for, people in their 20s and up, it wasn't what they wanted from Batman. It wasn't what they thought of Batman. I mean, I don't think Batman Forever is necessarily that, but people did. People didn't want a goofy Batman, but this was Batman to children. I mean, this was the Batman I had on Under Ruse as a child. This was the Batman who was on Super Friends. You know, this this was 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 the pop ridiculous Batman, which honestly, so was the 60s TV show. And people praise that. They're both pop art quality things. Yeah. You know, that 60s Batman show, people love that. Right. You know, and it's wonderfully bad as well. Yeah. But they, but yeah, I mean that that show they see as a separate thing you know they know that it's not the comic book just as they know that it's not what inspired uh the tim burton batman you know it's not frank miller but the tim burton movies aren't the comic book either i i I don't know i i think this is similar to the fifth element i think this was witnessing at an age something being this in the sense that the Batman TV show from the sixties existed before we were born. So you grew up watching it. So whatever your opinions were, it was something that had always existed as a thing of Batman, but moving forward, I've got the Batman of now. Yeah. Batman and Robin is that to a whole generation now, but it wasn't to my generation because we went and saw it. We saw it in the theater. We lived it. And at that point as an audience, we didn't want that Batman. So this seemed like an odd film. This right. seems like a bad film, but we're able to somehow separate it from the... And I know the, it and the TV show are very different and different things are going on, but I just... I don't know. I, I do go back to this movie. It took me a while. I thought it was awful when it came out, and yeah. I spent a while thinking it was awful, but when I don't think it's the worst comic book movie ever made. I don't even think it's necessarily the worst portrayal of Batman. It might be. <laughs> it's got some horrible performances in it, but it's so spectacularly off you know the way that xanadu or the apple or megaforce are my go-to movies that are bizarrely wonderfully cheesy movies this is one that just happens to have the biggest superhero of the 20th century in it you know looking at this list as as we said i i have it on wikipedia here um it's listed as an action comedy and I oh. don't know that the other, like, certainly the Tim Burton Batmans, I don't think would be considered comedies. I don't know if Batman Forever was, it might have been considered a comedy because it had Jim Carrey, right? I know. But it's it's interesting that they're pegging it that way. Yeah. I think at the time it would not it yeah, would have been action. Yeah, I wouldn't think comic comedy action. would have been there. I'm actually going to scroll up and see if they put comedy next to uh, uh, The Fifth Element. Nope. <laughs> Do they put it next to Addicted to Love with Matthew Broderick and Meg Ryan? Uh, uh, no. But I don't know. Well, they did. I, I, Shit, you're right. <laughs> nah, well, I saw it. It is. <laughs> I don't know. I The experience of seeing Batman and Robin that summer was interesting to me because it did feel like something was hitting a peak. And I was like, maybe not everything gets a movie. Yeah. I like it now. But again, there was an eye opening of, once again, things can be, I want to say bad, but it's like things can be off of my perception my expectations or my needs for a movie, it's possible that they're not met. Mm. And this was just a summer of those examples. Um, the day Batman and Robin came out, another movie came out, which actually I kind of liked at the time. Did you see it at the time? My Best Friend's Wedding? Yeah. I think so. I have a memory of seeing it in the theater, so it, I must have seen it at the time. It was it, it, not it, the kind of movie I wanted to see at that time. So I, I did I, not see it in the theater. 
I was seeing so many movies and I had different friends who I'd see things with. So I had this one friend that she liked romantic comedies. I liked romantic comedies. So we went to see it. Mm. And it's another one of those kind of comeback movies, you know, it, it, you know, similar to Mike Myers with Austin Powers. This one, I felt like it was Julia Roberts was back. Right. I don't know how long she was off. The, the, About the, eight no. months. Eight months. But it did seem like a big deal. And this movie did very well. People liked this movie. Yeah. People went to this movie. And I haven't seen it since. At the time, it was very 90s progressive with Rupert Everett's character and everything. I don't know if it really plays that way. Mm. It definitely let Middle America feel like it was progressive. Sure. I also might be confusing it a little bit with uh, the Madonna and Rupert Everett movie, which I'm forgetting the title of right now. Oh, yeah. I don't but uh, no, I did see this. I did enjoy it. And that's the thing. Like, this was a romantic comedy. I also saw Addicted to Love. I don't see romantic comedies on the big screen anymore. Like, I used to enjoy going to see them, but I don't. I don't go see. Yeah, I don't think I've Those seen kind of films on the big screen. I think the last one I might have seen was American Sweethearts. Do you remember that one? With John Cusack? Yeah. Catherine Zeta and Julia Roberts. Oh. Yeah, I don't see a lot of Julia Roberts films, I guess, because I don't eat, pray, love. Um, do you, have you ever seen My Best Friend's Wedding? Is I, it something I, You know what? I've you? never seen it. You know, sit down and watch it from beginning to end. I've seen parts mm-hmm. here and there over the years. Uh, All right. Well, probably not a lot to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> no. But it's, it's, it has to be mentioned because it was a big movie. It was a big movie. It's a huge movie. Another huge movie, which came out the following week, June 27th. Is that on your list, perchance? Uh, Face Off? Yes. Yeah, that's there. What do you think about Face Off? Another Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, I mean, summer. it was, for me, that was what was drawing me to the movies that summer, I guess. Big action movies. Again, I was mm-hmm. in LA still. And so it was those audiences just really brought the movie to another level and it was Mm -hmm. just i didn't know john woo at the time um but a lot of people in la and even in my circle of friends uh knew him as as a as a pretty good director famous director i knew him because everybody had the hard-boiled poster in their dorm room yeah so i knew oh he's a director i guess i didn't even notice that at the time um but yeah i enjoyed the movie for its just outlandishness sure this movie is bonkers like full out ridiculous so (laughs) it's an odd it's an odd movie or it's a relic of a movie because this is like when nicholas cage and and john travolta did did you say the other actor i did not but he was also okay yeah so they're the two leads and they were at their peak yeah at this moment and just as many people went to to see john travolta as they did to see nicholas cage they were loved they were adored and that did not last but it's it, this. I remember at the time thinking like this is a masterclass in acting because the, the <laughs> plot of the movie is they swap faces right. through technology that doesn't make sense. Right. And so you have Nicolas Cage as a villain, John Travolta as a hero. They swap faces, so now you have someone who looks like Nicolas Cage, who is John Travolta pretending to be Nicolas Cage, and vice versa the other way around. Yeah. And supposedly it's a great performance, and I think I liked it at the time. I've never gone back to this movie. Yeah, I don't go back I'm to not, it. I went back to it a few times, but. It's again, yeah. If I if I'm in the mood for action, I go to something else for sure. But if I'm in the mood for acting, yes, you would go see <laughs> Face Off. <laughs> Why were they so big? What was the big those two appeal? actors? I, yeah, they're not bad actors. John Devolta does some good work. I enjoy him in Pulp Fiction. I'm sure there's other. I I actually like him in the first Look Who's Talking and things like that. Yeah. But Nicolas Cage, I don't think I've ever enjoyed. 
Nicolas Cage, the way people seem sure. to. Sure. I'm trying to remember if Leaving Las Vegas was before these action movies for I Nicolas Cage. I want to say Cage. it was before because I think I was in college when he got his Oscar. Okay. It might have been that spring before the movie, yeah. before these two movies came out. So I think, I think that was pushing a lot of things. He was a, a well-known actor who just won his Oscar and made some you know, a decent movie, respected movie, and was now making some fun movies. And John Travolta had his comeback with Pulp Fiction, and so people were rooting for him and going to see his movies that soon came out after that. And so, yeah, I think it just was like the right movie, the right tone of, of movies for these actors. Were um, you caught up in Nicolas Cage fever or fever? I don't know if I was caught up in Nicolas Cage fever but i was definitely caught up in these movies at that time these action movies big screen loud la audiences action movies yeah so the audiences were a big part of it they were at the time and and also um maybe not these movies so much but um this year was when the star wars special editions came out uh Mm -hmm. earlier in the year and so i got into the habit of of being in line for these movies uh, oh, so you waited to get in the face-off. Time. Yeah. I don't know if I got in line for face-off, but I just got into the, the L.A. theater culture um, when I was out here. Because um, some of the college friends that I was hanging out with were from L.A. And so they knew the theaters to go to. They knew which ones had the best screens and, and decent audiences. So I kind of got caught up in that. And and a movie like Face-Off is made for that. Solely for that. <laughs> Solely for that. What was maybe the next big movie of the summer that you had? Uh, well, it's just, I think, the following week, uh, July 2nd, Men in Black. Do you like Men in Black? Is it? Yeah, I enjoyed it at the time. Um, but yeah, no, it's not something I've gone back to. I don't remember seeing the sequel, and I have no interest in the reboot that's happening right now. Yeah, there's been a couple sequels. Yeah. There's there's two sequels in. And well, this new one, I guess, is also considered a sequel, not a reboot. Because oh. some of the same characters are in it. But yeah, it's similar to Ghostbusters. I feel like it didn't need anything else other than that first one. But it was a big movie. This was the summer after Independence Day. So I guess Will Smith was already pretty big yeah. at this point. Yeah. What was what was next summer? Wild Wild West? That was two summers from this. So there must be something in the middle there. I don't know what it was. Bad Boys. Bad Boys was before. Oh my God, Will Smith. Yeah, maybe Bad Boys Two. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not be. sure. But uh, the week, I think the week after Men in Black, or shortly after Men in Black, on July 11th, mm. uh, Contact came out. Do you know the Robert Zemeckis movie Contact? I, Jodie Foster. I do. This is the uh, film version of Three Two One Contact, right? <laughs> the Bloodhound Gang. N- n- I wish. No, I wish that's it not was. this one. No, this is the big self-important. Bore of a film yeah. that I had to sit through. I I uh, I saw it years later um, oh, on DVD. I, saw it I, I did not go to theater. In fact, the rest of July is pretty dead to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Because there's one in July I want to ask you about because I've never seen it. But but, but this the, the, this one. This did one. Did you like it when you saw it? Contact. No, I this didn't. One? I didn't really like it when I finally did see it. I would think that you'd be excited for this one with Alien. I would think I and would. Robert Zemeckis. Right? I mean, this one had aspirations to be Close Encounters. This one wanted to be 2001. And it kind of hits some of those notes. But I hated this movie when I saw it. I hated Matthew McConaughey's Surfer (laughs) Priest. I hated what it was. I think I hated the hard science of it. Sure. 
And I hated what the entity being contacted ultimately was revealed as. This, to 21-year-old me, who was really expecting something from this movie, I tried really hard to like this movie. And because everyone was praising this movie and saying it's smart, it's intellectual, it's whatever, it's a sci-fi, I I railed against it. Like, I didn't like it anyways, but I think I rebelled against those statements by hating this film. I can see that. It's probably well made, but I could not stand contact. I've never gone back to it. I was going to say, because maybe if you go back to it now, now that your expectations are are moot here, you could just watch (sighs) it as a a film. My life expectations are moot. (laughs) You're right. I don't know. I don't even know if there's a need to because like yeah. this movie isn't talked about. This didn't take no. its place alongside yeah. Close Encounters in 2001. Have you seen, but it was big that summer. It makes me think of a more recent movie. Have you seen Arrival? I have not. Oh, see, I love Arrival. You should see Arrival. Make up for contact. The Arrival with Charlie Sheen or The Arrival 2 with Charlie Sheen? I think it's just Arrival yeah, with uh, you're right. Charlie Sheen. <laughs> yes, it's a 21st century film, though, so we can't discuss it either. I know. I'm just saying. Rules! Something we can discuss, and I never saw it. I was curious if you did. On July 25th, a Harrison Ford film hit the theater. You've never seen Air Force One? I have never seen Air Force You've One. You've never seen Die Hard on Air Force One? Is that what Air Force One is? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, then I've never seen Die Hard on Air Force One. Do you like this movie? I do. I keep I do asking. like Air Force Sorry. One, and I did see. It's like a first date. Oh, do you like this movie? Oh, I saw that movie. Yeah, no, I drink out of cups. Yeah, I kind of cups. I've seen Die Hard in a cup. Die Hard in a cup. Air Force One. I saw in the theater again. It was uh, an action movie in L.A. theaters, so it was, it was just uh, a good time, a good experience. I've gone back to it a few times since. It's over the top. It's it's ridiculous, but it's uh, it's Harrison Ford. It's Wolfgang Peterson. It's it's a lot of fun. And it opened opposite Good Burger, which I've also never seen. I've never seen Good Burger, and I've only just this past weekend seen my first episode of All That from the nineties. <laughs> I did enjoy All That. I feel like uh, the gener- maybe the generation bracket below us loves Good Burger. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I missed out a lot of Harrison Ford had that weird mid-90s action thing where he was probably 50 and he was doing like the Tom Clancy movies and stuff like that. I yeah. guess I saw a couple of them. But yeah, I, I, I've never seen it. And I guess I have no need to see it because everybody really likes to do that quote of asking people to get off their plane. And quite frankly, everyone likes doing that. Uh, so I don't need to see the film. No, you I'll just it. talk to people. You're all set. Yeah. Well, that brings us into August. Ooh, it's so hot. The end August. of the month. Um, maybe we should just hit our highlights here. Do you, what, what do you've got for August? Um, I have a couple, but I think I'll just focus on maybe three of them. Again, this is like a very, uh, like I saw one movie in July and, and I saw one of the movies from August and you're not even going to guess which one it was. From August? Yeah. I've only, was it the full Monty? Oh, you know what? No, there were two. Uh, no, I, I did not. Was it Copland? I did not see. I, it was Copland. It was. You saw the Sylvester Stallone film Copland, I, another comeback I for the did. summer of 97? I did. What, what, uh, why? Again, because it was a bunch of theater movie files, cinema files here in L.A. We're going to go and see it um, because of the cast, because of the comeback. Um, and uh, I saw it. I enjoyed it. It was fine. You know, I haven't really gone back to it. Um, but I also saw Mimic. 
I saw mimic. Yeah, that's on this list. I saw here. mimic at a, like it. At, a, at a preview screening, mm-hmm. uh, which was one of the. Did that things make it I more did. enjoyable? It actually didn't, uh, <laughs> because I had to fill out a thing afterwards, and I was like, "This movie, uh, I didn't like it." So, um, it mimicked a bad experience. Yeah, but uh, hmm. those were the only two movies I saw in the theater, and in fact, those are the only two movies from August. That I've seen. I haven't seen any of the other ones. I haven't seen the full Monty. Um, oh, because I was going to mention that one. That was a big deal. Yeah, that movie. I feel like and and I, I something like the full Monty, and I think other movies are kind of like this too. I, it kind of shows how we've adapted to streaming, just because I feel like there used to be. I'm thinking of the commitments here too. Right. There used to be a lot more of like the quirky. I'm sorry about that word. You know, little indie film. Muriel's wedding. Yeah, Muriel's Wedding, you know, that kind of, you know, oftentimes an import like Muriel's Wedding, you know, from another country that kind of plays as the antidote to like blockbusters that everyone's going to see. And all, and it stays in the art house like for months. And all of a sudden, through word of mouth, everybody's seeing it, everybody's talking about it. And those movies, I think, go to Netflix and stuff now. But does that happen to people? Like, I, last summer, people saw The Big Sick. I feel like that was one that people were going to see. But, does this happen still? Does the art house film still exist? I don't see it. I don't see it still mm-hmm. existing. It might still be there, um, but it's. I, I think it's there. I don't think it's. On, I don't think people share these movies anymore. Part of the charm yeah. of movies like The Full Monty and The Commitments. I have not seen The Full Monty. I don't care for The Commitments, but a charm to them, anyways, is seeing it with a group of people. Yeah. And I don't know if that happens anymore or if people even want that. And I'm not berating the change of cinema like we're losing something. Maybe people just don't want that. Maybe people are tired of seeing anything but spectacle together, which I can't say is a flaw. It's how the world's developed or evolved. But but I, it makes me miss something like 1997 where I felt like, you know, college, I was discovering film, art house films and big films. I was going all the time because I could, I had the money and I could walk there. Yeah. So that experience and that shared experience, a theater of 10 people, a packed house, there are other people watching, laughing, reacting, crying, whatever with you. I do miss that. But it's too easy to say, oh, it's the death of theater. It's like something else has come along. People want to experience things differently and it's interesting to me because i am doing it i do stream things i see things because of streaming that i wouldn't have seen 10 years ago if this was my life 10 years ago so again i'm not berating it but do you miss the experience of going to movie theaters oh yeah you do yeah for sure and especially going like we did in boston where we could easily get to a small movie theater showing some imported feature uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, opening up, uh, the Phoenix and seeing just all these little squares of movie posters of things that were nothing you'd ever heard of, but wow, that sounds interesting. That looks cool. And being able to go and find that somewhere. I don't even have an, I, I don't even have a concept of where I can do that now. Which you still can. I, I, imagine, I, I know. It's, it's it's odd. Like, and I don't know. And I know you have kids. Maybe that plays into it. And that does. It. That definitely does. So I maybe it's it's different answers. I don't know why. 
I don't know if it's the travel. I don't know if it's yeah. the money, but it's like spending three hours in front of the TV, one of which is finding something and then watching something <laughs> for two hours or spending the time traveling to a movie and seeing a movie. I mean, I can do it, but something has shifted. I'm not as free to just throw my money to things anywhere. I will on a big movie because I always know a big movie on the big screen, even if it's crap, at least it's on, you know, it was exciting. Something about it will be exciting. Mm. I'm talking about you, Dark Phoenix. I haven't seen it yet, but... <laughs> But I'm less likely to experiment on little films. I had a brief period about, Jesus, five years ago now, where after work, I was working at this coffee shop, I'd get out every day around three, and I would you know, walk for about 40 minutes or whatever to Kendall Square, and I'd go to the art house, and I would just see what's playing at that time. Because there was a lot of change. Every movies would start around four or something. I would just get tickets to things I didn't know about, and I would sit there in the art house, and I would watch them. And oftentimes I'd fall asleep because I was exhausted, but oftentimes I wouldn't. And it was great. What did you discover there? I'm curious. I saw Holy Motors. I saw um, that movie where uh, Jane Fonda is growing pot. I saw a movie where Christopher Walken is, plays the cello and is going to retire. I don't know the names of these movies because I didn't because I just went to happen to see them. None of those sound familiar to, to me. Happened to go and see them, but it was great. Yeah. It was a fucking great experience. And other people were in there also watching the movies. And I walked in off the street, heat of the summer, exhausted, frustrated with work, cranky at the surrounding noise of Boston, unhappy with where I was living, whatever was going on. I walked in off the street into the air-conditioned theater, waited for it to get dark, saw a couple trailers, sat there for a movie, and had an experience in a space where it's like I couldn't really read a book. I couldn't, I could wander out, but I'd be gone. I couldn't, you know, turn on my phone, although I didn't have a smartphone at that point yet. But whatever the reason was, it was this space. And I went to it for a similar reason that I was going to it in the summer of 97. I just, I, I didn't know where else to go. <laughs> and I needed to get away from figuring myself out. Hmm. And the fucking movie while it's touching on things like it was, it was a chance to, to not shut down because I'm engaging with the movie. But like, if I was anxious about work or I didn't want to go home or I had to come up with money for cigarettes, had to, because it was the law or whatever it was that I had to do. If I could scratch up enough change to have the two hours in the theater, I could shut everything but my bladder off. That's why I was wandering to theaters constantly when I got out of college in 97, because I didn't know what to do. Mm. I thought I liked my life. I thought I liked wandering around my books and my notebooks, you know, for hours. But that was exhausting and lost and maybe a little sad. So having a movie theater where I'm actively watching something and tapping into the creative arts and sitting there meant something. And I've barely touched the list. There are a lot of more movies on this list that I saw, but I don't think we need to go through them all because who wants to talk about a smile like yours or leave it to Beaver? But Call the Conqueror? That that did come out. I didn't know that was a thing, by the way. I didn't know they had made that. But um, I don't know. I 97, the entire year, and into 98, by the way, and for a good period after that, and before that, blah, blah, blah. But 97, the summer of 97, sticks out in my mind because what should have what sounds like was a transition year for you am i right in calling it that yeah absolutely should have been a transition for me but it wasn't hmm. it was the start of flailing in a very exciting way in a way that i quickly learned how to do quickly learned how to do and enjoyed but i was flailing about and that's not bad but it's difficult and the one thing that gave me focus 
the one thing that helped give shape to it, the one thing that allowed me to get a grip and be like, oh, this is what you're doing, was going to the fucking movie theater, which is why I saw Conspiracy Theory, Spawn, uh, Steel. Didn't see G.I. Jane, but I saw the poster. That's why I did that, because I I don't know. there, There was something very magical or whatever about the big screen that sure. I don't want to say is missing. I think I still have that experience, but I'm more overwhelmed by the helplessness now. I'm more overwhelmed by the fear. It's more encroaching, so I don't make an effort to get out of it. Now I'm like, I have to go face work. I can't call in sick. Right. I have to go face the house I don't want to go to. I have to go face bills. Whatever it is I have to face, because I'm 40, whatever I am as an adult, has replaced this drive urge and experience of, I'm going to experience a film for two fucking hours in this abstract dark space and losing that is losing a little bit of myself like I really miss the experience of going to movies all the time and I can't make it happen I don't have the time money or space to do that yeah because of other things And I don't know if other people do. I don't know if people go to the movies a lot anymore. I'd be curious to know. Listener, singular. Yeah, let us know. But yeah, I fucking miss it. And again, how do you do it? If you do do it, I want to know how they do it. Right? I know a few people that do it. And I know but is that are they in the business? And they're in the business. They write it off. I got to review this. Yeah, it's like, that's fine. Well, however you get to it is how you get to it. But I really miss movies. And 97 was just part of an ongoing period where I saw movies. And yeah, that's, I don't think you can get, I don't think I can get that back. I don't think I can get the movie going experience back. And here we are with summer. We're already through a bunch of summer blockbusters. I've seen Endgame, Avengers Endgame twice and enjoyed it. I haven't gone to see anything else and not, I don't just mean the big action movies as much as I want to see Dark Phoenix and and there was something else, but I forgot what it was already. Oh, Godzilla. Like there are little movies and documentaries and things that would probably be fun to see. Yeah. And I don't. And that's how I feel out of touch because I don't know what's playing in the theaters. It's not music. It's not books. It's that I don't really know what's playing anymore and I haven't seen them and I haven't talked about them and 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 it's it's weird it's weird yeah that's is that no go ahead no please do i was gonna say is that the wrap up and then you were gonna say something and i stepped right on no no no. that's uh it's a good place to wrap up but it's uh, i don't recall if if we talked about it during the the major part of of tonight's episode today's episode (laughs) But it's like you're saying it's not music for you. And I think for me it is music because I was more into music uh, during these years, the 97s, the 98s, the 99s, uh, where I kind of felt like I was who I was supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. eventually was who I was supposed to be. Uh, and now those things aren't aren't part of it. And for you it was movies. And so I can kind of – I do relate to, to what, what you're talking about for sure. Do you experience music differently now? Like when you used to buy CDs, you listened to them, what, on your Walkman, in your car, at home? Where did you listen to CDs when you would go out? Because you, you would go to the store and come back with like five or six CDs, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would basically, I mean, back when we were living together, I uh, would just be listening to it in my room, um, reading a magazine or something I picked up along the way as well, and just listen mm-hmm. to the whole album through... Um, 
And then, of course, making those mixtapes um, and just kind of calling song by song and figuring out what sounds good together. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I would listen to it. And then um, just reading about it. And then as the Internet became more accessible, finding out more about different bands and uh, being a part of that and just being able to do that because I had the time and the money. It's the same, same thing that, that you're saying about the movies. Um, and then just life changes. Things become necessary. And you have to do other things. And art is the thing that gets sacrificed. Yeah, it does. For those other things. And with that, part of ourselves. I mean, and that's not a knock to where I am, because I'm happy with the relationship I'm in. Yeah. And I'm happy with where we just moved. So that is important and that's me getting older and who knows? I don't know if I'd want to be forty four wandering around like I did then. Right. But there is a part of an identity or there was a developing identity that I had that I don't have anymore. Right. And that's how things work. That's how evolution works. And then that's, that's, that's not bad. It's just talking about something like this, about films, I miss it. And we do this as a podcast versus in-person conversation or whatever. So that's a changing too. But again, everything we talk about on the show is usually something that's now in the past. Well, it's always something that's in the past. Right. But something but that's, that's in the past and also not in our present. That's <laughs> No, you know what I mean? Like, we're not, we're not yes, talking about true. movies I mean, that, from 1997 because we're also seeing lots of movies in 2019. Y- yes, that's true. And I wonder if that's every topic. We should, we should research that. Go back and double check. Maybe for our big time, huge 100th anniversary episode. What? That's right, everyone. <laughs> now that we've de- ended this wonderfully upbeat return. Are so, we done? So upbeat. Oh, yeah. I don't think so I upbeat can, return to I don't think I can Thanks go for any coming further. back. Yeah, because Bob and I have rope <laughs> and we're going to use it. Uh, thank you for listening to this. This was our 99th episode, which means while intended for May, finally in July, we're going to be hitting our 100th episode next week. 100th episode of what? 20th Century Pop. Wow. That's what. A weekly or bi-weekly, I guess bi-weekly podcast, yeah. Bob and I do, that Pan you weekly. can listen to. Was that? Nothing. We do nothing, but we do this, and you can hopefully enjoy it. We're, I, I feel like we were getting back into the groove of doing this, and I, I think we're back on page. It came back pretty quickly, and if you like how loose. it came back... Your lips are loose. And if you like loose lips, you can subscribe to Loose Lips. Where? I don't know. Check out 20popcast.com. That's the website. And you'll find uh, links to old episodes there. The most recent episode is always up uh, streaming there. Uh, You can also find links to subscribe to us. If you do like the podcast and you want to follow it, I would encourage you to subscribe to us on, on, on on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play, I believe, on, on however it is you, you you get podcasts, we're probably there. So subscribe to us if you can. Support the show by listening to the show. I don't know. These endings are always amazing. This one, not so much. But yeah, we're back. That's 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 what it sounds like to be back yeah. after being gone. You decide if you want us to be gone for another two months. Yes, these, that's right. These endings oh. always sound better in post, Tim, because you add the music underneath. So there's there's a little little upbeat vibe getting us through the the, the closing moments. That would be a great time to say the music. Oh, you mean bye? I know it's in the show notes. Our theme. 
which we got from the Free Music Archive by Kamiku? Kamiku, K-O-M-I-K-U, I believe, is the name of the performer, the performer who wrote our theme song. Uh, <laughs> and we've been using it for over a year. We've never given them any sort of attention. So people, here's what you can do. You want to support the show? Go to the show notes. Look for the link of of, of, of the music, of, of the theme. God, I'm doing so poor. I was going to say, go download this, this person's. Let me fucking find it online. Bob, say something while I search the internet for where our theme song is from. Sure. I can't remember if you said this. That was this. demanding. I apologize. No, no, no. Uh, um, you can, can follow me on Twitter if you want to reach out and let us know if you're still seeing movies in your 40s. Um <laughs> <laughs> RHK. Or will if you're not in your forties, if you yeah, will. if you if you will, and if you're not in your forties, why are you listening to this? I'm curious. Hey, we just lost the other listener. <laughs> Don't do that. We enjoy people in their twenties and their thirties. Super Poppy is the name of the theme. Poppy's Great Adventures, the arcade game, is, the, is what you're hearing now. The closing theme, both by Kamiko K O M I K U, from its 2018 album Poppy's Incredible Adventures, which is available at the FreeMusicArchives.org. Uh, it's cleared for public domain use through the Creative Commons Act. So we're not doing anything illegal, but I've been enjoying the theme. I feel like it's a big part of the show, and I've never given a shout out to this individual. So please follow the links in the show notes, download the song. Uh, if you want to toss a dollar to the musician, do that as well, or a couple bucks. It's it's a good theme. It's catchy. Ah, there we go. We're done. Next week. <laughs> Next week. 100th episode. And the last? No, just the 100th. Oh. That was exhausting. For the last 30 seconds, yes. Yes. Is this still the last 30 seconds? I don't know. No, the previous 30 that. seconds, I guess. So so this is done. This this will be in the show, but we're treating it as if the show is over. This is your choice, whether you keep this in the show or not. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Whether or not you're done, I, I couldn't tell you. I guess I'm done. I'm not going to do this by myself. This isn't a Batman and Robin <laughs> real-time audio commentary. This is a show about movies of 1997. Yeah, I guess I guess this is a good length. 